You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning. Great to have you with us. This is the Marlins Rewind. I'm Steven Strom. The Marlins dropped their first game of the season at Lone Depot Park against the New York Mets 5-3. It was a battle of the aces, Sandy Alcantara and Max Scherzer going toe-to-toe. And with the recap, here's the voice of the Marlins, Kyle Seeloff. Well, the New York Mets find a way to spoil opening day here in Miami against the Miami Marlins in front of a packed capacity crowd of 31,997. Here at Lone Depot Park on this Thursday, March the 30th afternoon in 2023, opening day throughout all of Major League Baseball. This was a really, really exciting game this afternoon. Unfortunately for the Marlins, they come up just a bit short. Maybe the premier matchup on the mound in all of Major League Baseball today. Sandy Alcantara went opposite of Max Scherzer, and we're talking about two guys at the top of their games at their respective ages and at their points in their career. Max Scherzer, an eight-time All-Star, three-time Cy Young Award winner. And for Sandy Alcantara, the National League reigning unanimous Cy Young Award winner, who was 14-9 and with a 2.28 ERA against, uh, well, against everybody last season. But Alcantara was marvelous in 2022 and 32 starts, and he put it all on the line this afternoon against the New York Mets. And I'll tell you what, this sucker was pretty darn quiet here today. Sandy Alcantara, as we take a look at the highlights from this afternoon's opening day ball game, was just cruising through the first two innings. He was perfect. He sliced right through Nemo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil, and Canna in the first and second innings. And on the flip side for Max Scherzer, I thought early on this ball game uh, could certainly favor the Marlins. And I say that because the newcomer, Luis Arise, second pitch of the ball game, laced a single to the opposite field down the left field line. And immediately the Marlins were in business in the bottom of the first inning this afternoon with Luis Arise aboard, nobody out bottom of the first in a scoreless game. Gene Segura then followed Arise, and he bounced into a 1-6-3 double play. And I thought within reason that was a bit of a turning point in this afternoon's contest because there was quickly nobody on and two out. And from there, Max Scherzer really settled in. He struck out Garrett Cooper, and then he went cruising right through the heart of the Marlins' order in the second. That brought us to the top of the third this afternoon. Leading off the third for the Mets was Daniel Vogelback, and he drew a four-pitch walk. He had a nice day at the plate. Really made Sandy Alcantara work, although the same could be said for one through nine through the New York Mets batting order. But with Vogel back at first base with one out in the third inning, Omar Narvaez dribbled a ground ball through the right side and a base hit. Vogel back went first to third on the one-out base hit by Omar Narvaez. And the runners were on the corners with one out in the top of the third. Brandon Nimmo a chance to plate the first run of the season for the New York Mets. Anked inside. Those last two pitches, real nice delivery, got on top, real nice strikes on the outside part of the plate. For you. We'll try to get that for you, but it was a sacrifice fly on a line to left field off the bat of Brandon Nimmo. And the Mets had themselves a one nothing lead after two and a half innings this afternoon. I mentioned I really did think the double play by Segura in the first inning set the tempo for Max Scherzer. He would go on to retire the next nine in order. He was just cruising right through this Marlins batting order. He would run into a little bit of trouble later in the ballgame. But the Marlins could not do a whole lot this afternoon 
in the way of getting to Max Scherzer. This was a one nothing New York Mets lead through five innings this afternoon. That brought us to the top of the six. Sandy Alcantara out there for the top of the sixth inning today. He got Omar Narvaez to ground out to second, but then it got a little bit problematic for the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. Brandon Nimmo walked with one out. Following Nimmo was Starling Marte. He singled. And runners were at first and third in the top of the sixth inning. Mets had a 1-0 lead, and the batter was Francisco Lindor. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Lindor. He swings and hits a high fly ball to center field. Jazz is going back. He's still going back. He's onto the warning track, reaches up to make the catch. Tagging from third and scoring is Brandon Nimmo. Marte goes from second to third on the sacrifice fly from Francisco Lindor. The Mets have opened up a 2-0 lead here in the sixth. Sandy, in my opinion. I should mention, too, Marte was at second. He went second to third because on his single, Jazz Chisholm Jr. made an error that allowed Marte to go from first to second on the error. So Marte went second to third on the sack fly. After the Lindor sacrifice fly, Pete Alonso walked. So the Mets, with a 2-0 lead, had runners at the corners with two outs. And Jeff McNeil, an opportunity to extend the Mets' lead a little bit. Here's the 1-2 pitch. McNeil swings and hits a chopper back over the mound. It's into center field, the base hit. That's going to give the Mets a 3-0 lead. Going from first to third is Pete Alonzo. Coming in from third base is Starling Marte. That was a chopper hit right back up the middle. I thought the Marlins had him played perfectly. Both Wendell and Arise dove. Neither one of them could get it. Wasn't going to matter at that point. But that is a seeing-eye single on about four hops back up the middle. The Mets have a 3 nothing lead. And, here and the McNeil RBI single with two outs in the sixth inning. That spelled the end of the afternoon for Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara today goes five and two-thirds, allows three hits, three runs, two earned, four walks, and two strikeouts. So the Mets carried their 3-0 lead into the bottom of the sixth inning, but then it was the Marlins' turn offensively. Heading into the bottom of the sixth inning this afternoon, the Marlins had one hit. They had left one man on base. I'm telling you, Max Scherzer had this thing in cruise control. When he would walk a guy, he'd get a double play. He got two massive double plays in the first and the third, or the fourth, rather, this afternoon. And outside of that, the Marlins couldn't do anything until the sixth inning. And setting the table in the bottom of the six with Jacob Stallings, he led off the bottom of the six with a double. That was a ringing double to the gap in left center field. Joey Wendell followed. He popped out immediately to third base. But Luis Arise, who in the bottom of the six was about to step to the plate for the third time this afternoon, was already one for two with a single. Luis Arise was trying to... Uh, Give the Marlins a really do a little something. They were down 3 nothing. Arise came to bat with Stallings at second base with one out in the bottom of the sixth inning. 0-1. Arise swings. It's a line drive into the gap in right center field. Marte's on the run. He's not going to get it. Around third. Headed towards home is Jacob Stallings. Luis Arise have an opening day, young man. It's 3-1 New York. Arise with one out here at the bottom of the sixth inning. Drives home Stallings. With a double. And Arise swaps places with Jacob Stallings. After the Arise RBI double, that cut into that Marlins deficit just a touch. It was 3-1. to one. Gene Segura struck out. And with two outs, down two in the sixth, Garrett Cooper came to the plate. September, here's a swing of the ball, hit pretty well. Right center field, got a chance. On its way. Goodbye, we are tied in Miami. Garrett Cooper has gone deep 
It's 3-3 here in the sixth. There's some of that power that Coop was talking about he wanted to use this year. Just like a bolt of lightning, Garrett Cooper, who hit nine home runs in an injury-plagued 2022, leveled this ball game at three apiece after six. So the Marlins, after Andrew Nardi came on in relief of Sandy Alcantara in the sixth inning, would dip right back into their bullpen in the seventh. In a 3-3 game at the top of the seventh inning, Tanner Scott came on. He got Tommy Pham first pitch swinging to bounce out the third. But Eduardo Escobar followed with a single. Omar Narvaez followed with a walk. The Mets, threatening again, had runners at first and second base with one out. In the top of the seventh inning, the batter was Brandon Nimmo. 1-1. Here's a swing of the line drive into the gap. Right center field. This might tie the game to his left. Jazz Chisholm Jr. Baseball gets behind him. Rolls off the bottom of the ball. One run is in to score. Joey Cora's got that arm. Just a wave into third base. Throw comes in towards the plate. Catch. Not in time. The Mets have a 5-3 lead. It's a one-out, two-run double here in the top of the seventh inning for Brandon Nimmo. Massive hit in the ball game. One run was going to score to give the Marlins the lead, or the Mets, rather, give the Mets the lead, and it did. Unfortunately, on the play, Jazz, with way too sharp of an angle out there in center field, tried to cut the baseball off, stumbled a little bit, ball got behind him, rattled off the base of the wall in center field. Two runs would score on the play, and the rest, for the most part, as they would say, was history this afternoon. Mets had a 5-3 to three lead. We went to the bottom of the seventh. Drew Smith was the first man on in relief for the Mets. Jorge Soler tagged him for a double leading off the seventh. So you're thinking this thing could get a little bit crazy down the stretch. Maybe the Marlins could fight right back, but uh, Drew Smith said no sir to that. Avi Garcia flew out to center, and then Brian De La Cruz and Jacob Stallings proceeded to both strike out swinging, and that would end any threat for the Miami Marlins in the seventh. In the eighth, Waskar Brazoban came on for the Marlins. He allowed a hit and stranded two in the eighth. Brooks rarely pitched a perfect bottom of the eighth inning for the New York Mets. Waskar Brazoban worked two innings this afternoon, came back out for the ninth, faced five Mets, worked around a couple of hits in a ninth. It was a 5-3 ball game, and we went to the bottom of the ninth on opening day here at Lone Depot Park. Marlins 12 and 18 all time on opening day coming into this one this afternoon. Two and two all time versus the New York Mets. You know, the last time that these two teams tangled on opening day was actually to close out the old ballpark in 2011. You might recall that was a Marlins win that included a John Buck Grand Slam off of Mike Pelfrey early in that ball game. But uh, anyways, Marlins were trailing by two, headed to the bottom of the ninth this afternoon and without Edwin Diaz Buck Showalter held up his right hand and said I need the lefty or the righty rather David Robertson the lefty really came on did a nice job of the eighth inning but David Robertson came on in the bottom of the ninth inning for the New York Mets first man that he faced was Garrett Cooper he struck out swinging Jazz Chisholm went down on strikes and the last gasp and the last breath this afternoon was Jorge Soler, who actually went to a 3-0 count, took a 3-0 called strike, and then on the 3-1, Soler hit a fly ball on the right field. That was all she wrote. Starling Marte put the squeeze on it. And the New York Mets uh, just continue to uh, do a lot of damage on opening day. They sport the league's best record all time on opening day. And uh, they continue to roll. 
40 and 13 are the Mets, now 41 and 14. Winners in now six of their last seven on opening day, the most successful franchise in Major League history on opening day. And the uh, New York Mets win this one by a final score of 5-3 to three this afternoon. For the Mets, five runs, eight hits, no errors, eight runners left on base. For the Miami Marlins, three runs, five hits, one error. They leave two men on base. Max Scherzer is your winner this afternoon. Tanner Scott struggled. He is the loser. And David Robertson collects the save for the Marlins and their victorious effort. Started this ball game at 4:13, finished it at 6:55. Total game time of two hours and 42 minutes in front of let's see here, 31,997 strong on this opening day at Lone Depot Park in Miami. Diving into the box score a little bit this afternoon, Sandy Alcantara five and two thirds allowed three runs, two hits. Or, uh, three runs, two earned on three hits, four walks, and two strikeouts. Andrew Nardi cleaned up Alcantara uh, in the sixth inning. And let's see here. Nardi went one-third. Tanner Scott really struggled. Third of an inning, a lot of couple of the runs, a couple of the hits, one walk, no strikeouts. Nice to see JT Shagwa, the new Marlin, come on, and he pitched uh, two-thirds of perfect inning of baseball. And Waskar Brazoban, I know it's just opening day, and I understand guys are fresh, but he saved the bullpen a little bit here. He was the uh, fourth man on in relief for the Marlins this afternoon. Brazoban, all things considered, really did a nice job. Went two innings, allowed three hits, no runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. As for the New York Mets, Max Scherzer, six innings of three-run, four-hit baseball, walked a couple, punched out sixth. Scherzer was making his seventh opening day start this afternoon. His first as a New York Met, but he had previously tossed six consecutive opening days for his former ball club in the Washington Nationals. Uh, Drew Smith allowed a hit in the seventh, but that was all there. Uh, Brooks Raley with a perfect eighth inning, and David Robertson collects his first save of the season in the absence of Edwin Diaz with a perfect bottom of the ninth, and the Mets win this ballgame by a final score of 5-3. to three. For the Marlins offensively today, pretty light on that front. They were 5-for-30 at the plate. The only Marlin with a multi-hit effort was Luis Arise. But really, the uh, show of the day was put on by Garrett Cooper. He was 1-for-4 at the plate, but he had the massive two-run homer in the bottom of the sixth inning that leveled this ball game at three apiece and uh, he also made a couple of sensational plays in the field one in particular with a runner at second base and two outs in the top of the fourth inning Jeff McNeil scorched the ball down the first baseline Cooper was playing near the bag but he had to totally sell out to his left made a terrific diving stop to save a run at that point, a big run, and they were all big this afternoon because this one was decided in the seventh inning on opening day. Uh, offensively for the Mets today, again, they pound out eight hits. Brandon Nimmo was one for three out of the leadoff spot. Starling Marte, who had uh, double groin surgery in the offseason with a multi-hit effort, and uh, Jeff McNeil, the National League and reigning batting champion, had a multi-hit effort. So uh, tough day on opening day for the Marlins. We'll bounce back tomorrow, and... Uh, See what Jesus Lazardo can do when he goes opposite of the southpaw David Peterson. So a couple of lefties on the mound at 640 tomorrow night. We'll hit the air at 610. But some big news before the game today. The Marlins are now going to avoid Justin Verlander twice in the span of the first two weeks. He's got a bit of an arm issue. His uh, velocity was down in his final spring start. It didn't go that well. And some further testing revealed that uh, 
He's got a bummed arm right now, and Justin Verlander is not going to make his scheduled start on Saturday. In all likelihood, that'll probably be the right-hander, Tyler McGill, and it may very well end up being Tyler McGill who will get the ball on opening day for the New York Mets next Thursday at Citi Field. That'll be a 1-10 first pitch in Queens. And I'm sure it wasn't what he had in mind following his managerial debut for the Marlins, but let's hear from Skip Schumacher following the 5-3 loss to New York. Skip, obviously not the end result that you want, but how encouraging was it to see the way the guys fought back there in the sixth? Yeah, Cooper, a uh, big hit there in the sixth or seventh, I guess it was. And I think the, uh, you know, we just kind of beat ourselves today with the walks. And a lot of the three, the run score with walks and a little uncharacteristic to, um, you know, just letting the free passes get on board. And, um, you know, that's kind of what happened here. Speaking of Sandy, obviously not his sharpest. What do you think led to those troubles? I think they took good at bats. You know, Marte had long at bats, um, you know, fighting him uh, almost the two or three of the at-bats that are long at-bats, three, two counts, and, um, you know, credit to them for taking, you know, really good at-bats against Sandy. On the flip side, Scherzer, what makes him so difficult? He's been good for a long time. He's got a, uh, you know, riding fastball. He can throw his slider cutter any time, and his changeup is working, and, you know, that's kind of vintage Scherzer right there. I thought we put together some good at-bats against him, um, you know, tying it up there late. Uh, it was really encouraging for us to fight back. Uh, the following inning, um, the top half is you, know, you just can't can't walk guys there, and um, I think that was kind of the momentum swing. You know, that's kind of a shutdown type of inning, um, and so when that happens and, and they score on that walk, I think that's what you, know, you need to shut down that inning. In that inning, uh, Shagwar was warming up. I know Nemo's a lefty, but you've mentioned in the past like he could maybe be one of those ground ball pitchers. Did you think of maybe bringing him in for that? Yeah, we were ready. We were going to be having ready for Marte. We liked the, his matchup with Nemo. Um, Nemo's a really good hitter, put together good at bat, uh, good swing on the slider, and uh, you know we'll take our chances left, left, right there. Um, but we were we were having him ready for Marte. What did you see, Jazz is riled on the Nemo ball. I know it was a tough, it was a tough, tough play there. But what did you see there? Yeah, I mean, I'll take a look at it again from my angle. Um, I can't really tell from the dugout angle, so I'll take a look at that. Right. And uh, Cooper, you mentioned the home run, but also a few really good defensive plays early to help to keep keep you yeah. at bay at times. Yeah, Cooper had a really good game. Um, you know, defensively a few times. I think the game changes with um, you know the pick in the first or second with Segura, um, the diving play down the line. Um, he had a really nice game. So yeah, that game looks a little different if he doesn't make those plays. About the defense in general, Segura had a couple of nice plays. Arias, I think, early on. Just you know, we've talked so much about it and what it. And what yeah, credit to them. I mean, it was a really well played game. It really was. Uh, just the walks hurt us, and uh, so I think the defense, Cooper, Arias, Wendell, Segura. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with how they play today, and um, I think the bats will get better. We face a really tough pitcher. You know, Max is a really tough pitcher, but uh, we continue to you know take those those at bats and wear them down and. Um, and give ourselves a chance, which we did, um, you know, we'll be okay this, this year. What's the challenge of those late-inning relievers? Obviously, they don't have their big one because he's out, but just they seem rather dominant, but, you know, those are high-octane stuff. There, there yeah, yeah. Just about. yeah. Um, you know, Robertson's been doing it for a long time. Um, the cutter's real. Um, he's got different weapons to get you out, uh, lefty and righty. Um, those aren't easy uh, at-bats. Uh, Rayleigh's done it for a while as well, so I'm um, trying to find, um, you know, we pinch hit Wendell there for birdie. We like that matchup, didn't work out, but, um, you know, our bench is really good, and we're just trying to figure out matchup-wise, you know, what's the best way to, to help us win, and uh, we felt like we had the right guys up, just didn't come through. 
one of those things, it's one game, what can you take away, good and bad, that you like to see better and what you guys did? Yeah, I mean, I thought our defense was really good. I, you know, we, we had guys on base, um, you know, didn't come through a few times, but, you know, we keep putting pressure on. Uh, that's a really good team. The Mets are a really good team, um, and I think that, you know, we showed that we can play against them. Um, and Sandy, you know, I'll take my chances with Sandy any day of the week. So um, opening day, a lot of people, you know, put a lot of stock in the first game. There's a one, 161 left. Um, but I really believe if we keep fighting like that, we're going to be okay. I'll impress you with Ross and Mark. Two innings out of the bullpen. You guys in the game played. Yeah, he helped us. He helped our bullpen, you know, keep a couple of guys fresh for tomorrow. Uh, you know, we need that out of him. Two inning stints. Um, that's why he's here. Um, got, got himself in some trouble, too, with some walks. Um, but it's important. If we, th if we throw our stuff, I've been saying it in spring training, if we throw our stuff in the zone, um, we're going to be just fine. It's, it's when we get the free passes that we're going to have trouble. And, um, but yeah, Braz did great um, and you know, helped us stay fresh for tomorrow. How do you think the guys performed with uh, the pitch clock and everything? With uh, There were a couple times where uh, Buck Showalter came out and talked to them. Do you get any explanations? And how do you think uh, the game flow was like with the, yeah, all these I went out and talked to him myself. I think there's um, the one time Dela called time, uh, but he was saying time, time. Uh, because the clock was running out. So I think we're just, you know, still working through that kind of thing. Uh, once it hits zero, we're just trying to figure out, you know, what, what the verbiage is. I think we'll, you know, work through that. But in general, um, you know, I think Alonzo was the one that uh, got knocked on the, on the run because he was on the bases and didn't, I, I've never, I actually have, haven't seen that one yet um, in spring training. So again, some of these things pop up that you just, um, that we're still learning about. Um, and that's why he got, I think that's why he got the strike on, on McNeil. Let's hear from Sandy Alcantara. Five and two-thirds, three hits, three runs, four walks, and two Ks on the day. Let's hear what Sandy had to say after day one's performance. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank God for keeping me healthy during the game. You know, uh, I think everything was there today. You know I mean? It was a little bit out of the control, you know. So four walks today, I feel so bad for myself. So I just got to keep positive, you know, I know we got 161 game left, you know, and we got to keep doing our best to, to go outside and compete. That's a tough Mets lineup. What makes them so challenging to face? I mean, they, they take a, a really good, like, a bat today, you know, I mean, they make me throw a lot of pitches, you know, but I mean, you say, you say it, I mean, they are really good, you know, I mean, I don't feel bad about it, you know, just I know what I got, you know, I know what I got, so just got to keep positive and keep getting better. How much does familiarity play factor in that you face them a lot? Oh, yeah, you know, when you face the, the same team all the time, you know what I mean, I think uh, they make a real, real quick adjustment, so, I mean, I just give some credit to them, you know, because they, they are super smart, you know what I mean, they know what kind of pitch I am, you know, they, they just make the adjustment today. Sandy, with those walks, is it anything mechanical? Is it just maybe not attacking the zone as much? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, first game, you know, first game. You know, I mean, I know I got more opportunity to to not walk anybody. You know, I mean, I just I know what I got. I just gotta keep positive, you know, because I know I want to have more opportunity. Can you walk us through, Sandy? I think it was in the sixth there with Jeff McNeil with the pitch clock, and from your perspective, what you saw? Ah, uh, thinking too much in the pitch cloud, like you say, you know, so. I think I'm trying to, you know, take my time, you know, but I mean, the clock made me go so quick, you know, and so I just got to make adjustment. And let's hear from the man that electrified Lone Depot Park, Garrett Cooper. 
tied this game up at three, and it was a monster shot. Let's hear what Coop had to say after the 5-3 loss. What adjustment did you make the third time around there against Scherzer? Yeah, you know, Scherzer was, you know, cruising through. Um, that fastball up kind of, you know, he was doing, doing that to me, you know, in the first two at-bats. So I was kind of looking for something middle away, and, you know, he left a pitch that, you know, I put a good swing on. You know, he is who he is. He's, you know, he's deceptive in that arm angle, you know, with the slider and the, the rising force seam. So, you know, I think just, just trying to get him out and over. He was wa- working a lot of guys away. So just kind of, you know, went that way with it. Walk us through that second at-bat against him. Obviously, he was someone in spring who likes to manipulate that pitch clock. What element does that add to an at-bat when you already have so much to focus on? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think uh, this pitch clock definitely, you know, messes with hitters. Um, you know, he, these pitchers can use all 20 seconds if they want. You know, they can go as fast as they want as soon as you make eye contact with them. It's just uh, something we're going to have to get used to, you know, especially with someone like Scherz, who's, you know, who's messing with, with your timing any way he can. Um, you know, it's a battle just to, you know, wait some pitches and wait some time. If you take time out, that's all the only time out you get. So, you know, you want to use it as, <laughs> as smartly as possible. So it's just, you know, you, we're just going to have to adjust to, you know, pitchers like that that, you know, work, you know, work fast and they work super slow some great plays defensively with the limit of the shift was defense something that you put a little bit more emphasis on this spring yeah you know I think uh you know talking with the front office and the coach staff you know playing you know playing a lot of first base is you know you don't have the shifts anymore so you're gonna have to cover a lot more ground uh you know especially lefty pole hitters who you know like to you know pull that ball down there or down the line you just you try to be as athletic as possible you know to, to get you know, as much ground as you can over there uh, the line drive, the McNeil play specifically, is it just reaction? How do you go through a play yeah, like that? I, I, you know, the ball is probably hit 100, 100 plus. So, you know, it's just hopefully you're in a good spot, you know, where he likes to hit the ball. Um, and just kind of react react how, how you can. So, you know, hit the ball hard and, you know, got my wingspan in there to get it. In spring, you had mentioned wanting to be this more aggressive. Mm-hmm. That homer, was that you being more aggressive? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, as, as there's a fine line between being – being too aggressive, being too aggressive really and not seeing a lot of pitches, um, you know, especially with a guy like that who throws a kitchen sink at you. Um, you know, I think you just you try to put together a plan each day and each you know, starter. And I think you know, I've seen him enough in my career to kind of know what he wants to do. Uh, you know, he's working a lot of way today, so it's kind of not third about to eliminate anything inside and just kind of go with the pitch. Coop, you're, if I remember correctly, the only guy from the opening day roster in 18 mm-hmm. when this whole mm-hmm. build started just – from your time seeing all this, just what have you seen evolution-wise in this group and where this group stands? And obviously, obviously want to start what I know, mm-hmm. but with this group, what you think you can do with, obviously, got a full season left? Yeah, you know, we were, we were in there, and it's just, you know, being here in 18 to now, you've seen so many changes uh, from from then to now. It's a whole different whole different mindset offensively. Uh, you know, the offensive, you know, coaches we have, you know, there's there's a different plan that I've seen this year. Uh, than in years past, it's just, you know, we're going to have to battle those guys, those top-end starters where, you know, you scratch two or three runs across. But, you know, just just the, just the organization in general from that point is so, so much better. The starters, you know, it's just those guys could all be Cy Youngs. Um, you know, I think, you know, we're in a good spot right now, and, you know, hopefully we come out tomorrow. I'm just curious, because you mentioned the timeouts. Um, was it a mixture of you guys wanting to – kind of mess with his pace a bit or also give yourselves more time? You know, we saw in spring where, you know, guys were calling timeouts against him and he was quick pitching those guys. So I think there's a fine line where you 
where you do a call timeout and you got to be as quick as possible in the box because he knows that he can mess as much time with you in there. So I think, uh, you know, he, he's going to use, use what he, you know, pleases with this pitch clock. And it's something that, you know, the game of baseball is a little bit different this year. And there's going to be some, you know, growing pains with guys like that. And you just, you got to adapt. All right, let's get the vibes up. New day, new opportunity, a chance for Jesus Lazardo to take the mound as he faces David Peterson. We can't wait to have you aboard. Marlins on deck with me. Steven Strom starts at 6.10. First pitch is set for 6.40. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Marlins Radio. We hope to have you join us. This is the Marlins Radio Network driven by AutoNation.